Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. It is myself, John Anderson, in the hot seat once again. I'm sure there is a massive contingent of fans delighted to see me along to host tonight because uh, I get the feeling this might be quite a popular one with a certain side of the M8. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're here tonight to have a wee look at the comings and goings in URC, have a wee review of... Uh, we review of what the, the weekend's games, um, and by we review, I mean obviously we'll be talking about uh, Edinburgh for you know I, I think forty minutes or so should do it, Craig, uh, and uh, then we can cover Glasgow at about I think twenty six seconds or there thereabouts should probably probably be about fair. We have been accused of bias before, so you know I think it's really important to to remedy that. Um, yeah, so obviously I've indicated those of you joining us live as well. We'll see, I'm joined by. My favourite, favourite of the cult members is Craig Manson. How the hell are you, Craig? Good evening. I am doing just fine, thank you very much. As we discussed earlier, a bit tired, but uh, just uh, I'm sure there was nothing that was going to stop me being on the podcast this week. Um, uh, and funnily enough, there's an awful lot of things have been have stopped the other members of the Weege um, review committee coming on board to support you, John. So kudos to you being here, taking the, <laughs> taking the stick, because your other two compatriots have disappeared. Well, don't speak too early, Craig, because my connection might well crash, as you well know. So... Yeah, so we'll be treating those who are watching and those who are listening to some dead space and a little bit of panicky noise coming from me. <laughs> it's like the scene in uh, Wayne's World when, he, when Wayne gets fired <laughs> and it goes to Garth. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Uh, hopefully it won't come to that today. There was an outage in my internet provider in the area at six o'clock tonight, so we're not holding out too much hope. But fingers, toes uh, crossed, we shall see what happens. Uh, yeah, so thank you everyone that's joining us live. Um, as we'll get we'll get the sales pitch out the way. The way, uh, as you know, if you like what you're seeing in the podcast, you can head over to Scottish Rugby. Um, 
podcast at patreon.com uh, and you can give us a wee bit of your hard-earned cash to support the the podcast and you for that will get exclusive content including our famous hands in the ruck section where tonight I fear me and Craig might might uh, do our damnedest to set the world to rights. But uh, yeah, other than that, you also get extra special episodes. You get access to content before it's out. Um, so Patreons currently have access to an interview that Craig, uh, Craig, Ian, uh, I know you didn't do an interview. No, I mean, you might have done an interview, but... Um, <laughs> the only one yeah, doing the cop you... shop with Cooper, it's fine. <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah, an interview Ian done uh, with the the brothers Brune, uh, brother of uh, brothers of Peter and uh, George, uh, who yeah they released a, sorry Gordon uh, released a, a book about the brothers uh, and their their international exploits and Ian had a very nice half hour with them. So uh, if you head over to Patreon.com/slash Scottish Rugby Podcast, you can come and be part of that family. You can also join us on the super secret Facebook page. Uh, Hugh Dan fans, where we have been debating what we'll come to next. The first piece of news for tonight. Today was the day that they chose to release the away kit for the coming season for Scottish rugby. And uh, it's safe to say no one saw that coming. Um Obviously, the the home strip has been relatively well received, aside from the blue collar, which also looked like it maybe was a mistake in the wash. You know, like you've put your your white collar thing in, but you've popped a new pair of jeans in and it's just popped a wee bit blue. That's kind of what it looks like. Well, the away strip has taken that, doubled down on it, and it looks like if you accidentally put a red hanky in with a white top, you get a, well... I'm going to describe it as starburst purple, uh, is what it would have envisaged as Craig. Um, initial thoughts on the new Scott and Away strip? Um, I have to be careful here because I, I, I've been a big fan of the orange famous grouse shirt and also the uh, the red and yellow uh, salt and uh, uh, lion rampant shirt. The red um, and yellow uh, one was good, that was a good yeah. job. I was a big fan of those, so I have to be careful here, but I think it's absolutely bogging. Um, I just, <laughs> the, the problem you have is that it just seems to be, this seems to be the style at the moment, because if you look at um, some of the other away shirts and European shirts within the English Premiership, uh, especially people like Exeter Chiefs, um, yeah. they've all gone down this route of, oops, I've left a red sock in the wash, um, or of, uh, you know, you've, you put a white top in with something else and it's it's, it's discolored so <clears throat> excuse me um yeah I, I i honestly it's the first time i've looked at i've even got a shirt uh i've got a, a, a top from last season which was the the most shell suit of of all the all the outfits and I like that even more than i do this this latest away shirt scotland away should be white um, or completely off the wall. Unfortunately, this is neither. Um, I, I, I just don't like it. But then I'm an old fart, so what do I? What do I? Know? Well, do you know? So I, I, I agree with you, Craig, and I've been very vocal in my opinions. Uh, there's a shock <laughs> um, regarding the <laughs> shirt. Never. No, I know. Such a wallflower. <laughs> not a chance. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan, and 
I, I, I just think the color. I think it's quite boring actually as a strip, uh, despite the fact it's like off the wall kind of attempting to be pink purple. Like if you're going to be pink or purple, be one of them. Don't just be a kind of pale pastel mistake. You know. Yeah, that, that that that's what that's that's where I'm. It looks like a mistake. That's why. I, yeah, that's why I'm more angry is the wrong word because you know there's more things going on in the world to make me angry than this but that's why I'm more disappointed with it because it is like if you're going to go purple or pink go purple or pink but it seems just as you it's like they've I've got a kilt that's a that's that's what they call a weathered kilt and it just dulls down the colors a little bit and and it and it looks well Obviously, on me, it looks absolutely fantastic. But uh, it looks, it, of course, it looks a good. It's a nice thing, and I like it. This kind of looks like it's been in the wash one too many times, and it just, it, it just doesn't. You want it to pop when you're on the. It's like that. I think what two seasons ago or three seasons ago, we had a sort of a grey white, an off white yeah, we did, grey, yeah. and and it's it's almost gone too far now um, with this off off color off white. And okay, it's fair enough. It's purple, but it's um, it, it just seems, you know, those shirts that you know, white shirts that have been you've worn so many times have started to go grey. Yeah, that's that. It's kind of given that sort of vibe off on it. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. It looks it looks like something that you've got to the end of the season and you're a wee bit disappointed with how well it's held together. Right. Um, the the colour itself. If, so we've had the usual marketing spiel. Uh, I think we, we've talked about this in the podcast recently about the, the, the absolute garbage they have to come up with to try and justify these things. Uh, so it is um, for what is it for the th- for the thistle is the tagline they're using, uh, and they're suggesting that the the colour is inspired by the thistle uh, and the heather of Scotland. Um, and that and that's they've got a, an embroidered uh, piece of kind of artwork within the strip as well. I mean, it's kind of nonsense. Basically, I think what's happened is from last year's kit, there's been some pink dye left over, and they went, yeah. you know what? If we pay you a wee bit less, are you are you up for like? Can we just use that and we'll make a whole strip out of it? And then they've realised, like, obviously, because they're going to have to make a lot of them. They've kind of went, well, we don't have that much dye left. Well, we'll just have to throw it on a bucket with a wee bit of water. And that's what the colour's been inspired by. So I think it's cost-cutting. Oh, I, I just that's think my it's, theory a, on it. it's it's them trying to be wild and wacky, but by committee. Um, and, <laughs> and you know what I mean? It's like, they've, 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 they, they, you know, they really wanted to be have a pink one or they really wanted to have a really deep purple, you know, a heathery, pinky, purple. Fantastic. That's wonderful. But it just, it's almost like they've, they've put too much grey in it. Um, and that's just, that's just my, you know, anyway, that's it. I'm sure there's people out there who think well, it's and, absolutely and fantastic. Thing. There is, there is indeed, Craig. Lots of fans have responded very well to it and are big fans of it. It has, um, it has it, again, it's had that. There's not many people that have no opinion on it. Let's put it that way. Um, it seems to be pretty either popular or disliked. Um, and of obviously, I think we'll probably come to this in Hands in the Rock, but it has uh, obviously sparked some of. The, honestly, we could play Scottish rugby fan bingo when a when a yeah. strip's released, couldn't we? Um, yeah. But we'll come back to some of the classics. I mean, it's like 
it's like Aerosmith touring, uh, touring their greatest hits album. When a new strip comes out for Scottish rugby, we will we will get we will get love in an elevator. We're going to get dude looks like a lady. There's going to be some absolute classics coming in hands of the ruck because the Scotland rugby fans have not disappointed. We, no, we have done done ourselves proud as always what, with our ability. What, what I'm concerned about, and and this is a thing, this shirt is going to be looked upon in years to come as the shirt the boys were wearing when they beat the All Blacks at Murrayfield. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know if it's deserving of that yet. <laughs> oh, Craig, so uh, just a quick question for everyone listening. Uh, what are you drinking and can I have some? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll talk about that in a minute when it comes to Edinburgh. Oh, the Kool-Aid is out, yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so New Scotland Strip is out. It looks a bit bogging, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, I won't be purchasing it. But that herein is my right, and I'm allowed to do that. And nobody can shout at me for it. Um, okay, well, I was kind of grateful that Scottish Rugby put that out earlier on because I thought, you know what, I can probably kill 15 minutes or so with that. <laughs> and then, you know, if we get Craig started on Edinburgh for a while, we might just have to touch on Glasgow at the end. Well, why don't um, we just get into Glasgow just now? Do you want, do you want to get into Glasgow just now, Craig? Trying to get it out of the way, yeah, John. Yeah, I think, I, th- I, think, I think we'll get it out of the way. Anyway, so those of you that haven't seen Glasgow uh, started their campaign, their URC campaign, away to Benetton. Um, they lost 33-11 to the Italian heavyweights, as they will now henceforth be known. Um, many people have tagged me uh, after my comments regarding Benetton and them being a side that... Now, I want to just address this. What I have said on multiple occasions is, Benetton, if Glasgow are serious about being a top-tier team competing at the top of the league, Benetton are not a team they should be feeding. And I also said, I don't think they'll have any problems this weekend. One of those statements was is still factually accurate. The other one did not necessarily hold up that well. Uh, Glasgow were absolutely abysmal. Um, really, really bad. Uh, it struck. I don't. Uh, have you watched the game, Craig? Yeah, I did you? Yeah. yeah, poor you. I feel sorry for you. I'm sure. I'm sure you <laughs> felt terrible watching that. Um, it was. It was disjointed. It was. It had the look of a side that hadn't had a preseason. Yeah, I think. I think. Um, if you if you look at the warm up games, um. Well, mind you, they had Ulster to warm up, didn't they? They, they played Ulster, no, or did that get cancelled? That got cancelled because that got cancelled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it did yeah. So, so, so we I got think, Ayrshire Bulls. Yeah, got Ayrshire Bulls, who um, Pete Horn used to coach. So I don't think you were going to, you were ever going to lose that one. Um, <laughs> we knew but, we did. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't want to say. I didn't want to say anything. But I'll stay <laughs> um, I I watched the Glasgow game because, as uh, uh, you know, I, I maybe. Um, one of the leading cult members, and I may be an Edinburgh fan, but I still enjoy Scottish rugby, and I still like to see Glasgow getting pumped by Bennett. And no, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I still, I still like seeing Glasgow playing rugby. And and the, the the problem with Bennett, and, and we've talked about this before, and I've mentioned it before as well, and I think I'm sure the other boys have mentioned it before. Bennett are a team that should not be taken lightly, and yes, 
I, I totally agree with what you said. You were very much saying that we have to not be thinking of Brennan as a as a um, at the same level as us because yeah. of the investment, etc. But what Bennett and have slowly and sure, slowly and quietly done, um, they have built the forward pack to being quite hard, quite a strong, quite a niggly, quite a, um, a well-drilled forward pack. And so I, they, unless you're on your A game, when it comes to playing them, you're going to get slapped about a little bit by them, and then they've got this running game, and that 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 on a on a bad day looks absolutely terrible and looks almost amateur. Amateur, I'm struggling with that. Amateurish. Um, Amateurish. Yeah, you see, you have been drinking, no? Um, but uh, <laughs> actually, when when they actually get it together and get on with it. Um, they they do a very very good job. So it's it's a really it's a difficult one because as I say, we, Edinburgh have been there too. So I can't sit here and 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 laugh too much because we we've got them in a few weeks. <laughs> well, and I know there's a I know so I know it's funny because there's this this kind of funny joking rivalry that we all have, and a lot of Edinburgh fans have said they waited till after Edinburgh before kind of commenting on the Glasgow game. Um and 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 that and that's fair, you know, like I appreciate that. And actually I think, you know, there is nothing better than somebody wiring in yeah and then you've got a wee bit of comeback. But I think I think the thing you're saying about Edinburgh having been there, I don't think Edinburgh have been there in terms of that manner of defeat. Even away to Benetton, I don't I don't think the so the concerning thing was, and again, you can caveat a lot of this with you've got a guy making his professional debut at 10, you've got a team that hasn't played together, and it looked like that, you know. Mm. Benetton took advantage of, of a Glasgow side that are completely in transition, and I've said that a number of times in pre-season, that we are going to see... Yeah. I think a Glasgow team that will struggle this year because they are they are they're going to have to be a team in transition. You're going to see new faces um, coming into the side. The concerning thing was not that, but the manner of again the attitude within the defeat. Uh, and there's been a couple of examples picked out online of players kind of walking back into defence and kind of ambling up. Uh, in in line speed and things like that, things that you take for given as a kind of professional outfit, you kind of expect that those things. You know, if you're playing at our level, Craig, you would still be annoyed at your teammate if they're they're getting off their feet from a tackle and they're wandering back. But mm. you'll not be quite as you you know they're probably not quite as punishable <laughs> to the extent that a professional player would be. Yeah, I, I, and and I think it's almost, and dare I say this, it's almost getting to the point of Glasgow are reminding me of Edinburgh pre-Cockrell. Yeah, yep. and 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 it's and the problem I have yeah. now, I, I, I'm not a huge fan unless it's Henry Purgos. I'm not a huge fan of singling out people um, or Ryan Wilson. My God, yeah, okay. I, 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 I do, I do single out quite a lot of people, actually. No, um, but, but, but <laughs> yeah, sure, but, Yeah, well, okay, of course, I've got a single out him, of course. 
Darcy <sighs> Graham. Be still, oh, be still, my beating heart. My do- anyway, we'll talk about them later. The the issue, <sighs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what Sorry. I would say is, uh, we're, we're talk- uh, what, yeah, I think, I think you've got to give you've got to give st- you know we've heard the usual hot takes of already of people saying Stain was the wrong person and this that, and the other it's like give them a break they've never absolutely yeah. um there's no chance you can give them any t- you know you've got to give them time he's not had a chance to to be really with the team for a long time a long you know um he's not even had as much time as Mike Blair had last season coming in Edinburgh so you know you've got to give him some time I think also um I think the young lad at 10, did an okay job. He looked kind of outclassed, yes, but, you know, it's a big job. And yeah. and he's, and he's and you've got, um, he, he, you know, as we talked about before, Stain is one of those people who will take a chance on, on someone young um, and bring them in. But I'm, what I was going to say earlier on was I'm more disappointed that, like, Sione Tuipilotto to, to just looked lost. He looks so clueless, didn't he? And, so it's, clueless. and this is someone who has been, you know, the only person that that really looked like he had his he had his game head on was the was the pasta Aussie um, who's going to um, uh, try and um, try and break uh, into uh, the uh, into the Scotland. Uh, well, team. The, so Scotland's future number eight, Craig. Yeah. Um, so uh, so there has been from Australia. Um, you know, he played incredibly well, and and. The problem you have is that you can't just turn around and expect in this professional age one person to make to, to drag the team along. I know it's happened before uh, in many not I'm not talking about Glasgow, but I'm talking about you know Edinburgh were very guilty of it for many, many years. But nowadays you just can't have that, you know. No, you need you need you need the vast majority of it. And I, I agree with you, two Polo two in particular what stood out as being rank rotten. <coughs> um I think from a selection perspective as well, it was interesting. Uh, Manjese uh, at six, he had a pretty rotten game as well. And actually, like a lot of people commented, that was the first time he'd started six in like six years or something ridiculous. Mm. And all that did was it kind of, you know, in engineering and things you talk about, kind of compound errors where you make an error, an error with measurement, which then gets multiplied throughout. And for me, that that was an example of that because what you're doing there is you're picking him at six, so therefore you're kind of limited by selection. So you've you've then got Richie Gray and Lewis Bean and or Dupree with Scott Cummings on the bench, having returned from from Scotland duty. So obviously, we know the Scotland guys have mostly had their their game time managed in this first week, right? So you're talking being being in Gray who. I don't think we've ever picked a slower second row in the history of second rows. Mm. It was like watching, you know, two... Well, it was like going outside and staring at a, a floodlight. And that floodlight is fixed and is not moving. And that's what they were. They were absolutely, completely outclassed. Richie Gray is... And there's the example, I think it was the one of the Benetton tries where they go out, I think it might be the last try actually, and they go outside uh, Richie Gray, and he makes like an absolute, it's like, you know, it, it, <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of, you know, when you're playing with the kids in the back garden, 
and you're playing a bit of rugby or something, and as an adult, you're not allowed to smash them and you know deck them, and you kind of make a fake attempt at a tackle. Mm. It kind of reminded me of that, but then he repeated it again when he actually had the man there to hit. Yeah. It could have prob- probably made... I mean, they would have scored the try anyway. He'd probably have to play another phase, but it just does no desire there. And it looked to me like someone who didn't want to get low to make a tackle because his back's a bit sore and he doesn't want to miss a few games this year because, you know, obviously um, that, that'll impact him. So it was concerning. And then the other thing with Manjese meant that Matt Fagerson moved to seven where... Yeah, Franco Smith talked a lot before the game about numbers not being not being important, but um, you know, Fagerson had for me a poor game. One of the first poor games I've seen in a long time from Fagerson went backwards a lot in in the carry. Didn't seem to know what he was doing positionally. Uh, struggled. So a lot of things went wrong, and and you know. Again, it shows to me, it shows, right, so Glasgow were outclassed in the first half and were only a few points behind. Mm. And then the second half came and you expect the, the experienced guys to kind of step up. They didn't. Admittedly, the Scotland guys off the bench, I thought Price and Fagerson both off the bench were vast improvements on what, what uh, had come before them. Bless poor George Horn. Like he, you know, he can't. The guy can't get a break. Um, every time he gets a, a run in that team, he's played behind, you know, frankly, some donkeys um, that didn't help his cause at all. So yeah. it, it's frustrating. And yeah, it was. I think. I think for me, it's. it's I'm, I know I'm coming across as quite disappointed, but I'm not even that disappointed. I'm not even that surprised. I'm I'm pragmatically saying, well, there's a lot of work to... No, you couldn't turn around that side from the shellacking that Leinster gave us on the last, you know, last uh, day of the season for us. There's no way you could turn that around, especially when we didn't have a coach for quite a lot of that. So, work in progress. Let's not get too worried, uh, but definitely there needs to be an improvement and the desire. And I know, yeah, um, if you were a marketing guy, Craig, and you were wanting to sell tickets for games, um, that's that that's not the way to go about it, is it? Really? No, well, that's uh, and that's the the, the problem, is and I think you know, there's people like there's there's. Um, Again, you're saying George Horn's just unlucky getting sat behind a you know a poor pack, but they've got some. You, you've got a pack there that you know. There's Johnny. What's his name? Johnny, the the hooker. Um, Johnny Matthews, who's being touted as the try machine, and he looked poor on the weekend. Um, and I don't know if it's because of because of the guys either side of him or, but he he didn't. And 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 so there's two things. First of all, you've got people like Kieran McDonald, who's away down to Wasps, who's absolutely ripping it up at Wasps. Yeah, um, and so, are are we? Are we? Uh, you know, has has Glasgow or has he left because of the Will, Daddy Wilson sort of thing? And and now we're now Glasgow are, are regretting that. You've also got um, it's rumoured, and this is rumour that um, that the players, basically, the players were 
saying that it's, it's Danny Wilson or them. Um, and yeah, I think the, that, that's come out in the press, actually. Yeah, that, that, that was yeah. mentioned. So, yeah. And the problem you have is that when you do something like that, um, it's, uh, well, uh, now you've got a new coach, you better bloody perform. And and that's the that's the issue is that they they, they don't look like they're ready to perform for for for, for staying. So, uh, sorry, am I saying his name wrong? I don't know. So, but anyway, uh, you're saying you're saying Stain. He's the captain, mate. You're, you're yeah, yes, Franco yeah. Smith. Sorry, Smith. That's it. Sorry, that's right. my apologies. Close, close um, enough. Close enough. So, uh, and and one thing, uh, and the last thing also, uh, because he's not here and he can't defend himself. Uh, one <laughs> thing that Mr. McGinty um, has proven is that he can't captain from the wing. <laughs> and uh, I think that might have a have a slight issue as well there. But anyway, I, I, as I say, I'm not going to pile on because um, I think uh, all the Glasgow fans are hurting um, just as much as we used to hurt um, in Edinburgh. And I think it's going to take a bit of time. I don't, I don't see it turning around in a season. I, sorry, I don't see it turning around in a few games. I think it's going to be one of those seasons. But I think you've got the right guy. I do believe you've got the right guy. I think it's just going to take some time. But that's um... the thing. I think I think a lot of fans um, actually have been quite surprised in some aspects. You know, there has been there's been the occasional. Well, it wasn't Wilson's fault then, was it? And you know, I. I have to, you know, I have to challenge that because ultimately, right? Yes, yeah, so you're seeing the hangover of performances from from his reign, but you look at the the progression of Glasgow over the the the, the periods, and obviously, coaches are judged on every coach who's come into a post last minute or you know in a situation where they can't necessarily put their stamp in a team has always said, "Give me, give me a signing window, give me time to make this my team, and then you can judge me." And for me, Wilson had that. He had yeah. that last season. He had probably, for in a lot of ways, probably the best roster of players Glasgow have had. Um, obviously, missing a few superstars, but one of the best rosters Glasgow have had in many a year. Mm. And he made an absolute pig's ear of it. Um, and it was the lack of game plan. So I think you know you're absolutely right. I think they have got the, I think they've got the right man. In terms of long term future for Glasgow rugby, I think I think Franco Smith will be really good. Um, and I really expect and I hope that he's given time to actually bring through the youth players and give people the exposure to professional rugby. And again, you know, obviously, um. The, the our fly half has has had a pasting from the weekend, but you know what? We've all been there. We learn. You learn from that, and there's, you know, it's hard to be in an ideal world that doesn't happen. You get exposed to that. You know, even the great Dan Carter didn't start playing at ten at Crusaders. He played at twelve and was kind of chaperoned through a, through a few games and was allowed to kind of find his feet in a time, you tend not to throw young players in and go, do you know what, you're now the key decision maker in the side, on you go. Um, by the way, that guy's name is uh, such and such, and uh, have you ever met Stafford? Probably not, it's fine. You know? <laughs> like, um, so, I, yeah, I, I'm not too doubt, downhearted. It was, it was pretty nasty watching, and um, I'll be honest, I haven't watched it back. Because um, I didn't enjoy it the first time round, and I 
you know, I, I don't think I have the the constitution to watch it again, to be honest. But, um, but you know, the fans on the whole have actually been quite pragmatic about it. That's the word I would use, and I think that's going to be the the buzzword of the season for Glasgow: pragmatism. Um, yeah, I think as long I think as we see just people try to play. Yeah, I, I think I think. You'll start to see it coming through. You'll start to see. Uh, believe me, I've, I've forgotten the ten's name. Gordon is it? Um, Thingy Gordon. Uh, Tom Jordan. Tom Jordan. Jordan. Sorry, I'm I'm getting everyone's names on tonight. Um, uh, but <laughs> you know, we've talked about this about Glasgow's lack of quality tens. Um, you're not going to get a hold of a quality ten and bring them in like a Finn Russell unless you actually start bringing them in and giving them game time and develop and uh, and develop them and and I think I think as I say um okay fair enough maybe if, um Franco Smith is uh, is is maybe uh been spoiled with Garbisi and he's and he's and he thinks that he can just bring any young ten in <laughs> and make them into a fantastic ten but I think we just need to give them a little bit of time um, and, and also, as we talked about many, many months ago um, when we were finishing up the season, I think there's an awful lot of players in Glasgow that need to be, um, that, that need to be, you know, turned put, around. Put out to pasture. Yeah, I'm not one for people losing their jobs and I'm, I'm not a big fan of calling for it. But, uh, you know, you, you are looking at a, a squad there that there's still certain faces there that are just a little bit long in the tooth. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely fair. And again, anybody that's watched this or listened to this podcast over the, the the last year will have heard that as a recurring theme. There is there is names there that you know, I are they are they adding value anymore? And that and that's you know the unfortunate thing. Again, we're not advocating people people lose their jobs or or what have you. But you know, it is professional sport. It is people need to be generating value and we're not talking about players who are early in their career looking for you know not performing at their best because you know they've not quite got the experience of it just looks like people who whose races run and that's the nature of professional sport you reach a point you know uh, father time waits for no one as they as they famously say and sadly players do reach a point where no longer is the value like they're generating the same as the value of the contract that they'll be on to be an experienced member of that team. So I think um, there is there is questions there. I think you'll probably find... I said that the summer was the time for the clear-out. Maybe yeah. with the transition of manager, that yeah. may be, you know, because obviously Danny needed to be is sideways moved and possibly mm. paid out a wee bit uh, to, be, to be relieved of the Glasgow job. So who... Who knows? We will we'll wait and see on that front. I wouldn't be surprised if we get quite a few retirements or and or waivers coming up for Glasgow. Yeah. I think there's a few people need to look at their look at their options. Uh, whilst also then saying that there's someone uh, who shouldn't have been let go um, last year who would have been driving standards in that Glasgow team uh, this weekend uh, who wasn't there. Um, but uh, Big Bad Bob, um, sadly, is is not with Glasgow anymore, and I think a lot of a lot of fans kind of saw what was missing uh, there actually, and saw maybe some of the some of the stuff he he drove within the team. But 
we shall see. Glasgow are a work in progress. Um, but it's difficult when Glasgow are a work in progress uh, to then have the new greatest team in the world trademark uh, sitting on the other end of the M8. Um, so a, a, a comprehensive victory for the Iron Brew Select, Edinburgh. Um, 46, uh, 44-6 versus the Dragons, uh, which has prompted all manner of magnificent calls about just how much Edinburgh are the new Leinster of the league, actually. Um, from, admittedly, some fairly dodgy publications. But, uh, yeah, I mean, job done, and you would have been happy because it wasn't all... It wasn't all happy clappy, actually, to start with. Edinburgh were fairly slow out of the box, Craig. Yeah, and, and I think um, there's, there's two things we have to remember here. Um, a, um, Edinburgh started with a, um, with a fairly um, young or inexperienced side at the major points within the, the team. Um, as in, you know, your number eight, it's not a young inexperienced person at number eight, but you've got someone coming back from long-term injury. Captain is coming back from long-term injury. You've then got a 10 who's young and developing. Um, so, it, 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 you know, two props. Okay, Boan was is an older prop, but you've got a younger prop there who's who's coming through the ranks and been, uh, kind of having to deal with being in the same team as, um, as Pierre Schumann and people like that who perform incredibly well. But then you had an absolute world-class bench. So, you know, we we, we were going to accelerate on absolutely. Um, the, 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 when they brought people off the bench, um, you were going to see a big difference um, uh, coming out in the park and a difference in score. And the second thing for me, um, Dragons started well and then just collapsed and they are a poor side um, you've got some phenomenal players in there you, you know you've got um, oh god I forgot the second row no, second row's name but he plays for Wales um, uh, who used to play for Wasps he he was he was playing you've got um, uh, Moriarty was, was, was there um, you, you know you've got some cl- absolute class players there so I, I don't they, they just couldn't they, they ended up tilting slightly when they started getting beat. They started tilting towards being, um, I can't say it on here um, until we go into Patreon, but they were just, uh, they started being really quite horrible and started thuggery. putting cheap shots. Yeah, there was a lot of thuggery going on just because they were getting beat. So it was difficult. It was a, it was a weird game. Don't get me wrong. Damn health was fantastic. The fans were back, and it was really enjoyable. And 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 we can talk about some for not you know really. And I guess this is why the why the the fans are getting a little bit excited. But you're seeing some phenomenal performances, yeah. um, um, and uh, and then there's a couple of performances that were kind of dodgy. So you know we have to think about these things. I think it was telling actually. So I read read the the post match interview with uh, Dean Ryan. Um, formerly of of you know various various parishes over the years, but Dean Ryan, uh, you know, he tends not to be a man who 
minces his words terribly. Uh, and I think I've got the, the quote here. Um, so he said, it wasn't good enough. From where we were in pre-season, we looked nervous in the first 20 minutes. Now, the first 20 minutes was when they were at their best. If we're going yeah. to improve and get better, we're going to have to have some honest conversations. And then the bit that really got me, we're supposed to have talent in our side. I don't see the work rate at the moment or the desire to be in the right positions. Yeah. Again, uh, that for a professional rugby team is absolutely criminal. You know, if again, if you do that at West Four, that's that's not acceptable. Um, just and I, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take take the mic out of you know Edinburgh getting excited. Edinburgh have got every reason to be excited about the season to come. <clears> I think they've got momentum on their sides. They've they've got great players who are delivering great performances and and more to come as well. You've got guys to come back into that team that will simply improve it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I would caution again, you know, it is only the Dragons <laughs> and uh, and they were pretty desperate, but the it was telling, you know, Edinburgh were a side that I think the thing that stood out for me was as I said, it didn't all go their way to start with and there wasn't necessarily the fluidity or the confidence that has been a hallmark of Mike Blair's Edinburgh but they didn't worry. They didn't panic. They just kind of kept plugging away and then they made the breakthrough and all of a sudden it was hunky-dory. You never thought Edinburgh were going to lose that game, put it that way. Yeah, I think, I think you know, that's 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 one thing, you know, standing at the side of the pitch, you're watching the game and you're realising that that, um, that we've got this. We're, we're okay. Um you know, look at the bench that's going to come on. Don't worry about it. You know, we yeah. can we can we can blood these players that are that are needing the blood in them, and we can and we can, you know, give those players that are needing to get some game time. Um, you know, they can get them playing. Uh, Bill, they have some concerns. Um, uh, obviously, uh, uh, you know, Bill Mata was absolutely targeted, and every time he took the ball and went into contact, he was absolutely smashed. Um, and so there was there was lots of massive contacts for him. So I, I you know, a people are going to target him because he is who he is. But also, um, we may we may be losing a little bit of our 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 bulk, and so it concerns me for the two next games in South Africa. Uh, the other thing I'm concerned about is that we, and this is. No disrespect to Mark Bennett, because Mark Bennett has is and has been a phenomenal player for Edinburgh. Um, he just couldn't do anything. He couldn't do anything right um, on on the night. He was everything that he tried to do. He struggled. He, he, he either dropped or he got you know, and then his kicking was awful. They had him kicking all the goals, and he missed. I think he he got two out of. Well, we would have been over fifty points if he'd if he'd hit all his goals. So why are we? Why have we got Mark Bennett kicking? Um, why are, are we just are we are we so invested in Buffelli that we don't need anyone else? Well, of course we do because he's away at the moment, you know. So there's there's little bits and pieces. Um, also, the way the subs worked out on during the game, and this is me being negative. I'll go into the positives in a minute, but the, the, the way that the subs worked out during the game 
we ended up with Christine in the forwards, and he was he was he was on the flank for um, for the last fifteen minutes of the game or ten minutes of the game. So um, don't get me wrong, Dino. Uh, the, the Dino was was um, shouted well and truly around the whole of the park, and he and he was he's he did okay. Um, but uh, you know, it's not very often that you hear Bill you hear and going off as Bill Mata, and he's being replaced by Henry Pergos. You know, so uh... <laughs> and the problem you've got with that is again back to what I've said previously. That's fine when it's the dragons and you're a, yeah. you're a good few points up, and you can you can get away with that, right? Like you know, in Glasgow, in years gone by, I've made some ridiculous decisions against teams that I'm not going to say are beneath us, but teams that we are better than, teams that yeah. Edinburgh are better than. Like Edinburgh are miles ahead of the dragons. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, and especially at home, right? Yeah, <clears throat> try that against the Stormers. Try that against you know try, if that situation arises in a massive game, you you don't want to get caught out there. And again, I know that the coaches are clever enough that they'll have those contingencies in place, and you wouldn't expect that to be the case. But mm. uh, it's just I I just don't I just don't get the risk. Of that, actually, I don't understand why it ends up so. So, you know, it was weird want... because, well, yeah, you had a said Sorry, I cut you off there, mate. Um, oh, you're okay. There you go. Uh, the, the, Mata was starting to look tired and not broken, but he he was starting to, you know, everyone was kind of looking at him. About twenty minutes to go, it was his time to go off and save him, but we kept him on, and then when he had to come off because. He was really hurt, and that's when you had Tony Henry. We only had one person left on the bench, and that was Henry Burgos. So, yeah. um, that you know, that's that. So it's it's down to coaching. It's down to obviously they wanted Mata to play as long as he could because he needs the game time. But uh, uh, still, there's times that you want him. You know, if you if you're slapping dragons around, then bring them off and, <coughs> and and save save them a little bit. But what I will say, however, is that there there are some players in there now that are looking absolutely. Sharp as a pin, um, sharp as a knife. You know they, they really are going to going to do a great job. Um, I, I would say Christine was. Um, I think he was robbed with man in the match. Um, I think Christine is has changed from a player who, as we've talked about, and I think Peter Wright was talking about it on the. On the, on the radio um, uh, after the game that, that Christine has gone from this sort of blunt trauma instrument at 12 or at 13 that that, 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 that um, our friends, our friends, Mr. Cockrell had him playing um, and he has changed into this. He's got one of the best passes I've seen. He's distributing incredibly well. He, that one of the, you know, he, 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 uh, the, um, the, the, uh, what's, uh, the Glenn Young try was started by Christine with a beautiful pass out to the, out to the wing. So he, he did a very, very good job. Um, James Lang came on and made a break and looks incredibly quick, incredibly quick. He looks quicker than he's been before. That's so surprising, he's... actually, because yeah, I noticed that as well, and he, he looks like he's he's certainly had a, a conditioning um, summer yeah. where he's in yeah. a he's in a different shape to what he's been before. Yeah, um, you know we we've had some uh, you know, Jamie Ritchie 
back to Jamie Ritchie. You know, he was everywhere. Um, and he, he, you know, my, my wife commented, you know, she said, I just sat and watched Jamie Ritchie, not because of the obvious things, but because he was just there doing what he needed to do. And, and he, he was, in, he, he, you know, you're talking about a captain leading from the front. He's definitely doing that. Um, but then I have to go back, you know, and obviously Blair Kinghorn came on and, and I, I can't say more than what I've already said about him, but he did exactly what we talk about him doing. You know, there was a gap opened up for him. And it was it was so visible, and he was just he just right into it, took it, and away he went. Then uh, you know, and I think that was for the the Christine try, and and then he he came on, he just he came on and got the ball, and we're in our twenty two, and he, he he just come on and he put a kick in. Now, okay, you could probably you might turn around and some people say it was luck, but it was the one of the best fifty twenty twos I've seen for a long, long time. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It was a very good one. So, so yeah, and then, but really, the the, the praise has to go to Darcy Graham um, uh, as well because we have got in Scotland, we now have a worldie that he can be talked about in the same conversation. As Colby, he can be talked about in the same conversation as uh, he's a different player to Duhan. Um, he's he's you know um, Elliot Daly, no chance. He's got nothing on Darcy Graham. You know yeah. there there are players out there that, that you know he's 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 he is absolutely and utterly phenomenal. And I I I um I'm quite quite over. Uh, quite, quite taken by the whole thing of Darcy Graham. He is a worldie. There's no, there's no. Well, I'm getting very close to saying there's nobody like him. You know, and that he is performing incredibly well. I think he offers a point of difference uh, in terms of his elusiveness, his strength, his ability to spot a gap. I, I absolutely love, I, and I've always loved Darcy Graham. I think he's, I think he's a cracking, cracking player. He offers so much. Um, I, I, so, I, 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 I know what you're saying, and I would, I think his consistency over the the last few years has been very, very improved, and he has been really like he tends not to have a bad game. Um, no, no. And he's been a standout for Scotland as well. And I think that all is leading to that idea that he is some sort of world-class player. I don't necessarily agree that running in a couple of very, very, very good tries, admittedly, against a Dragons team that were out in their feet and kind of had sold the jersey at that point. I don't think that's what gives him world class status, but I don't, I don't disagree with you because I think come the autumn, I think if he converts even a half of his form and his ability to the international stage again against the All Blacks, against you know, I, I always talk about playing against the big teams and the difference yeah. with Colby is Colby plays in the top fourteen. He plays against world class players. Plays against some absolute duffers as well. It's, you know, let's not sugarcoat it. But then the difference is Colby plays against the British and Irish Lions in the final test, or he plays against 
England in a World Cup final and does what he can do. And I don't think for one minute that Darcy Graham couldn't do that. And I don't, given the opportunity, I think Darcy will continue to absolutely shine. And he is, he's one of Scotland's best players. I just yeah, think it's just a wee bit shy of saying world class at the moment. But I do, I know what you're saying and I get it. And I think we're almost there. What, what I'm t- yeah, but don't don't take me the wrong way here. I'm not saying I'm not saying that Darcy Graham is world class on the back of a game against a game against oh, wow. uh, Dragons. Um, for me, there's if you look at Darcy Graham, and every time there is it, 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 he gets the ball, whether it's in a Scotland shirt or it's in the Edinburgh shirt, you will find he will do something with it. Very rarely does Darcy Graham. Uh, just take a ball and and pass it on, or yeah. you know he will do something with it. And I have to say, and I will say, um, uh, you know, if you if if you're from Glasgow or you're from Racing or you're from um, uh, you know uh, you're from the Waratahs, if someone offers says to you Darcy Graham's contracts up, would you like to sign them? They would sign them. Of course, you would. 100%. Um, so I think I think um, uh, I, I really do believe he's a world class player, and I think um, he is. I think this will be his season. Um, he will he will be elevated. So yeah, but yeah, I'm just going back as I say, and to, not to end it on a negative, but I will say our lineouts were absolutely shocking. Um, yeah, yeah, they were. They were the best. Well. No, no. Yeah, well, I tell so, you what. So how about we don't end it in a negative? How about we say your lineouts weren't great, but you didn't have the self-proclaimed best lineout operator of 2021-2022 in your team and then make an absolute shanner of your lineouts. So, you know. Oh, there is that as well, yeah. Silver linings and all that. Silver <laughs> linings and all that. So, uh, yeah, so I think, I think that probably brings us quite nicely to the end of the, the, the free content. I think Glasgow and Edinburgh are definitely in different trajectories, and I think um, it's going to be an interesting season. Um, we will obviously do our best to have our little friendly rivalry and have our laughs and giggles about it, but uh, I think obviously everyone knows we're both, you know, we're Scottish rugby fans actually at the heart, and uh, it's nice uh, seeing clubs do well and um, as much as it absolute stings uh, sometimes when your club isn't necessarily doing well but we've all been there and that is part of being a supporter and if you can't take the licks don't dish it out and I certainly do dish it out so <laughs> I take those licks with all the grace that you would expect from a Ouija <laughs> <laughs> well what I will say is I was uh, I was um, I was out on St Andrew's beach uh, the other morning, because my son was uh, starting working, I offered to give my run out, and I would go and walk with Dogs. And I saw a beautiful double rainbow uh, at six, half six in the morning on St Andrews Beach, and I just thought about the Rainbow Cup, and I thought uh, <laughs> maybe it, maybe it wasn't a Diddy Cup after all. <laughs> I, there's lots of things that there's lots of things I would say differently over the years. I've said lots of things on this podcast that I've had people repeat to me in person uh, and, uh, you know, I would regret them. The Rainbow Cup is a bloody Mario Kart track. It's yeah. a... <laughs> not a real cup. It's not a real cup. <laughs> anyway. 
Right, so we'll turn off the stream now for our uh, our free free view customers, patrons. Please stay 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 where you are. Um, we're looking forward to cutting loose a wee bit uh, for this one. Um, but I guess it is good night from one humbled Glasgow fan, uh, myself, and good night from Craig. A very smug Edinburgh fan. Good night, all. <laughs>